We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. In the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. It's time for Bulls position. So the number one pick, by the way, for the Bears is secured. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? I got a lot of confidence in our ability to see talent on the field. The human being, we got to figure out. We're counting down the days to the NFL draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Caleb Williams, the one thing that is clear, he is not special. Caleb and his group do not want to go to Chicago. Well, I'm a friend of Caleb's. I feel like he's a, a young version of Patrick Mahomes. So I got a call from the Caleb Williams camp, and they went, whoa, 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 we don't want to be painted as anti-Chicago. We don't want to go to a city that doesn't care. We don't want to go to some Sunbelt place where you tarp off the upper deck. This is a franchise where quarterbacks go to die. Field. Not sure yet. Not sure. M- maybe not working out. Bruh, where are y'all seeing this? Like, what makes him not the quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now? Holds position with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. With the first pick, the Chicago Bears select The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons on The Score. Every day at this time, we are going to try to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles between now and the draft. Free agency trades, rumors, reports, the ninth pick, the first pick, the scouting reports, the interviews, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the edge rushers, the centers. We'll be doing it all today, Matt Spiegel. Yes, sir. We are going to try to figure out the market and the destination or destinations Congratulations for Justin Fields. It has been an interesting week number one of Paul's position. Day one was the Caleb Williams jersey reveal, which yep. you have over here on the coat rack. And uh, aren't we all better for it? Tune um, into Twitch. Uh, day two was the positions of need for the Bears and how they might allocate resources to fill it. Day three, the Bears free agents. Should they stay or should they go? And then the top wide receiver scenarios yesterday at potential for the number nine pick. And then, as you say, the trade options for Justin Fields, a natural fit for week number one. So I have gone back and forth on this. Do we think that Ryan Poles is going to get a significant return for Justin Fields? Because the Experts are saying yes. Jay Glazer, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter. Schefter said definitely a two, maybe even a one. He's the one who put that out there. Yeah, they've all talked about it being like a robust market for fields. And every mock that we have, every mock trade written by draft Knicks, 
and we've got them up here is 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 a pretty good compensation package. It is. I agree. Um, and I think Fields is a starting caliber quarterback in the NFL who's got a tremendous amount of upside, so it, it should return something. And a lot of people are saying, look at the Sam Darnold trade. That was a second, a fourth, and a sixth. It was a terrible trade for Carolina. Like, just because they made a bad trade. Theoretically, you'd think teams would learn from stuff like that. Exactly. So Theoretically. Theoretically. Quarterback makes them crazy, though. It does. And it just, it just takes one to overpay. But So here's the gambling odds right now on Justin Fields' next team. All right. Will you do me a favor and start at the bottom? Because I think this informs the reality. Because as you're talking about, are they going to get a good deal or not? I don't know how many teams are genuinely in on it, even though they are purported to be in on it. Well, I mean, that's the thing. So, I mean, I mean, I can get, I mean, I got every team listed. I mean, I, oh, wow, I, okay. I can give you the Packers at 300 to one. Yeah. I can give you the Dolphins at, right? No. Okay. So I'm going to give you, how about I give you 35 to one or less? Sure. And that is nine teams. Okay. All per- right. Perfect. The Minnesota Vikings. Anybody think that trade's happening in division? It's happened before. Lions and Vikings made the Hawkinson trade in it, division. It seems very unlikely for a couple of reasons. One is I suspect Cousins is actually going to be back there. So that's that that's a big thing. But number two, the kind of passer that that O'Connell would want in his system and how it strikes me as unlikely. It strikes me as unlikely that he would that he's the kind of offensive mind who would do what you have to do when you get fields, which is to cater the game plan and uh, play design and play calling to his skill set. Tampa Bay, 35 to 1. Baker Mayfield just had a monster year. Correct. That's, what, I, that, that's ridiculous. I agree. All right. 30 to 1, Seattle. Seattle just decided to go back with Geno Smith, $12.7 million. They had a guarantee yesterday, and they did it. Yep. Okay. And Geno Smith, I think they think that Shane Waldron was part of the problem. So now there's a big jump up. In the, in the odds. But those, those were the three that I've seen where I'm like, I don't get it. I agree. The Las Vegas Raiders, they hired Luke Getze. They did. They hired Luke Getze. Just today. Cross them off then. Just today, Luke Getze um, was quoted as saying wonderful things. I know. That's on me. About, I, I about, know. About Justin Fields. I know, but we, let's not be out of town stupid on this. That's not happening. Said he loved working with him, an absolutely great person. He continued to get better, worked his butt off, and he, can, he believes he'll continue to get better everywhere he goes. I, I think it's insane to think of the two of them working together as Getsy did not do what you need to do okay. when working with Fields, and Justin knew it. Okay. Next. So, yeah, so that's a no, right? That's what I'm saying. It's a no. It's a no. So, so this, this exercise, I'm doing, we're doing it this way for a reason, all right? Next, Washington. 12 to 1. Washington can just sit right there and take their pick of a, of a rookie that Cliff Kingsbury and Dan Quinn like. Correct. Why would they trade a premium draft asset for a quarterback that has one year of being cheap left when they can just stand pat and have a quarterback who's arguably a better prospect in Drake May or Jaden Daniels for four years of being cheap? Why would they do it? Um, because maybe they believe that what people have been talking about wanting the bears to do in terms of trading down that pick and you grab 
Marvin Harrison Jr. and a few other things yep. and stocking up and building around a quarterback who already exists is a is a smarter way to do it. Hell of a gamble for a first-year head coach. Not that Dan Quinn hasn't been a head coach before, but that he would not take the rookie quarterback. Strikes me strikes me as extremely unlikely. You want to you want to cross them off or do you want to include no, them? No, no, I think you got yeah, I think I, I think you have to I think you have to include them. You include what? Okay. Yeah, I I I I do because okay. because because then you're getting into what they believe of the quarterbacks that they scout. Maybe they're like, I don't know if Jaden Daniels can even turn into what Justin Fields is. I I don't know if I if I like Drake May for what I want to do. So maybe they punt on the quarterback thing. All right, I'd be very surprised, but we'll keep Washington in. Denver at twelve to one. It's an interesting one. Denver's an interesting one. I agree with you. Russell Wilson is going to get traded somewhere. Here's the problem with Denver. They don't have a lot of draft picks. They've got their pick, 12th overall. We all agree that's not happening. They don't have a second-round pick. The Saints have it in the Sean Payton trade. They have the Saints' third-round pick that they got back. They've got a fourth-round pick from the Bradley Chubb trade. They've got their fifth-round pick, another fifth-round pick from the Jets, and a sixth-round pick from San Francisco. So they have too high of a first-round pick, and they don't have a second-round pick. Mm -hmm. So they would be trading future draft capital. They would be trading 2025 draft capital. When they've had so little of it, and they have so little of it this year because the last time they traded for a quarterback. Right. So I don't – that doesn't strike me as – I don't know that they've got the things to – appeal to you unless they were willing to give up a 2025 first round pick which would obviously appeal to the bears yeah that would be a very i would do that, that trade in a in a heartbeat if i was ryan Poles. it's hard to imagine denver doing that i it, agree it, it's it, but you know we don't know what sean payton thinks about about justin fields all right we'll go through let's get to these quickly because we have two pieces of audio to get to yeah. here new england then is a big jump at five to one so new england i've seen a lot of possibilities out there and it's been written up in uh, different ways just a, a chat writer on nfl.com had the patriots trading up the uh so the patriots would swap first round selections with chicago this year so that would be nine swapped for three can you imagine and also give up a 2024 fourth round draft pick in that trade if the patriots did that for a pick swap and a four next year? It feels like they're rebuilding. I, it just it, Maybe Gerard Mayo loves Justin Fields. Maybe. But it feels, again, like they would take a same exact thing. They, are just, they can just stand pat and take a rookie quarterback for cheap. Washington's at two and the Patriots are at three. Right. Just stay there and take a QB Guys, cheese. These former players, recent former players. As coaches? Well, well generally speaking – what we found during this time is like former players and guys that are current players all love Justin. Yep. So Gerard Mayo being a relatively yep. decent player, I I wouldn't rule that out. Is I wouldn't it- rule it out. I agree. He'd have to he'd have to like him more than the current crop, obviously. Um, also, like getting back to credibility and respectability. You know, it's not he, following Mac Jones is not going to be a tough thing for Justin. That's true. He's, not, true. Fo- he's not following Brady. You know, so. Yep. Something there, too, I think, for him. Text, Instant culture guy. Texter has a fun idea on the Denver trade. Fields and the number nine to Denver for their number 12 and a 2025 first. 
I mean, I would do that. Or even a 2025 second. I would do, I would do the 2025 first for sure. That strikes me as a pretty lopsided deal in favor of the Bears. But I would do that. Absolutely. Um, then it's Atlanta at four and a half to one. Mm-hmm. The Bears at three to one. And the Steelers at minus 130 as the odds on favorite to get Justin Fields. So the Bears are in there. For the next team for Justin Fields. Yeah, second most likely team gotcha. for Fields for Fields to be on well, next year. Falcons and Steelers are the ones we've heard the most. Here's the yep. problem with the Steelers is that um, yesterday Dave Wanstead at the tail end of his segment with us, as he was walking away, wasn't even on camera, <laughs> basically told us to put that baby to bed. Love you guys. Love, Love you too, you Dave. See you. See you, man. Bye-bye. Dave Wanstead. Come on. The Bears need to do something so that we can call him. I agree. Right. They, they will. gotta do something. They will. When they trade Justin to his Pittsburgh Steelers, you know? Yeah. Oh my great question. Oh uh, yeah, we should <laughs> <laughs> He's still on the Zoom. He's walking around waiting for the couch guy. He's still there. Coach! Hey coach! <laughs> Spigs, I'm here. I'm here, Spigs. Are you there? I'm looking to see it. I'm looking to see if my man, J.R. Nacero, if he delivered my truck. You hey, know? D- Dave, what do you think about Justin Fields and the Steelers? I don't think it'll never – it will not happen. Wow. Okay, the, the Steelers take their time, and they think through everything, and they're very methodical. They got Kenny Pickett that they love. Mason Rudolph proved that he can come off the bench and help them win games. Uh, they made the, the, the move with uh, our man Mitch Trubisky. That's not happening, guys, so don't even waste airtime on that. Wow. Well, we're wasting airtime today, Coach. I don't know. I was pretty direct. They've got the 20th pick in the draft. I know. I've been dreaming of that. So I told, I was talking about it on First and Pod with Pony, who does afternoons in Pittsburgh and is very. We don't kiss each other's fannies on this show. Never. He's very well sourced within the Steelers. He said the 51st pick he absolutely could see. He said it's more likely that Fields plays for the Bears than the Steelers would trade the 20th pick. He said they've only traded uh, one time for, and it was for Minka Fitzpatrick, a first round pick. I said, what if it was like Fields and a third for the twentieth pick? Well And he said he he said he could not he could not see that happening. Okay. Uh so he said but so their their second round pick is the fifty first pick in the draft. So it well, what's interesting is that we know Wani loves Kenny Pickett, and other people believe that the Steelers love Kenny Pickett. This, this from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, Jerry Dulock said, I can't imagine Fields wanting to sign with a team where he won't be the number one quarterback. And I don't believe the Steelers are in the market for a number one quarterback. Well, if they trade a second round pick for Justin Fields. He's the number one quarterback. Yeah. Even though they used a first round pick on Kenny Pickett a couple of years ago. But I think, see, I I think that they are willing, if Tomlin loves him and Tomlin does, Pony said that he think that he knows that they had him rated ahead of Trevor Lawrence, that the Steelers had Justin Fields as the top quarterback in the 2021 draft and that they always reference their pre-draft rankings on these guys. They really trust their own self-scouting. So he thinks that the Steelers smoke is, is very legitimate Mm. for fields, but, and Daniel Jeremiah really thinks the Patriots smoke is, is very, is very legitimate. You need that belief to extract whatever you're going to extract from the place he's going to go. That's why we wanted to do the exercise this way is because everyone's saying there's going to be a lot there for Fields. There aren't that many teams. There just aren't that many teams. Here's Terry Fontenot, the GM of the Falcons, dancing around the idea of acquiring Justin Fields. Terry, I know you're not going to give me a, 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 an exact answer on this, and I wouldn't expect any... I'm any Mike, Steve, you don't say yourself short. I know you. I know you. The okay. way you ask the question, sometimes you get them. You, okay, you can then. get breaking news right now. 
Okay, well, let's go there then. The one player, <laughs> hey, the one player who continues to be linked to you via trade, potential trade conversations is Justin Fields out of Chicago. He's from Atlanta. But you had an opportunity to draft him a couple years ago, and you decided not to. Can a player like Justin Fields show enough evolution in the first couple years of his career? And like you said, you now have a coaching change, or maybe there's a different philosophy to make you change your mind about going and getting a player like him. Now, you, I gave you too much credit. You know yeah. we can't talk about players on other <laughs> Come rosters. On, I knew if, it. If I answer that question, Steve, I'm going to get a call. My, my cell phone's right there, and Ken Fiore is going to call me right away, and we're going to be we're going to have tampering. And I'm talking about how excited we are about this draft. We're going to lose a draft pick if I answer that question. Okay, okay. But what I'm saying is, but what I'm saying is, can a player then? But can a player then who maybe that you didn't select in, in a draft and you had an opportunity? That's a good point. Can they evolve over a couple of years? You're like, okay, this player is better than what I thought, and he fits what we're trying to do. And we, it doesn't have to be about your quarterback, but can a player show that type of growth as to where you really get sweet on him, so to speak? No, that that, that is a, that's an outstanding question, and, and that's why you, you do. You evaluate players at every point in their career, and that's why it's so critical as we go through free agency and, again, possible trades, we're evaluating every player. You're never going to look at a report from last year or the year before. We're going to look at the evolution of the players, and so – um, yes, to answer your question, your, your question, it is we have to be detailed and evaluate players in every phase. Look, it's the same way with people. Um, you, you can have someone that you know you knew at a certain point in their career as a coach, and then now three or four years later, okay, where are they at this point in their career? We all grow and adapt. So um, speaking in, in general about any player that we have to make sure we have recent reports and um, know where they are at this point in their careers. So that's the Falcons GM, Terry Fontenot, on the NFL Network. I just tend to think that the teams that have the top picks are going to use those picks on a quarterback, and therefore it's going to be tough for Ryan Poles to get a massive offer for Justin Fields when you actually do the exercise and break down the teams that need a starting quarterback and what they'd be able and willing to trade for that player. I think the Falcons have been the most likely and continue to be the most likely. They've got the number eight pick. So, you know, you could take a quarterback there, obviously, but they think their roster is pretty good in a division that's gettable. You know, they're not trading the eighth pick. No, 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 no. They're going to use the eighth pick on something else. And maybe they'll trade their second round pick, which is number 43. And uh, I I saw in one mock that number 43 and their fourth round pick, number 109, a two and a four to get fields. Because when you think about what that offense is, and we'll see what Zach Robinson does, the former pass game coordinator for, for Sean McVay is their offensive coordinator. But it, I mean, you can just see it when you think about how Mike Vick used to stretch the running game and hand it off to Warwick Dunn or keep it and go the other way as a threat. Imagining Fields doing that with Bijan Robinson in a dome in his home state for a team that thinks they're ready f- makes all the sense in the world to me. It makes more sense than any other fit. But so that's the McVeigh system, though. 
the you know which we just saw him run here. So I think you need more of like an Arthur Smith system who got, went, goes into Pittsburgh that had a reliance on running, whether it was with Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter, things like that. So I, it's true. I, I think Pittsburgh makes the most sense in terms of offensive in terms of offensive fit culture him and Tomlin I, I but think we've heard the Steelers thing now batted down as not as a non-starter from Wani from from Wani from uh from this Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reporter from from others yeah I I mean it's a we'll it, it's a mess there yeah I mean it, like it, if they really believe in Kenny Pickett or if they really believe in, in Mason Rudolph who they might bring back I, I don't know I, I, I so Atlanta and Pittsburgh yeah, right. That seems to be the two that make the most sense unless Denver wants to trade a future first. Christine Brennan, one of the top sports columnists in the country, next on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Mark Wahlberg's here. Chicago, we love you, baby. Come on. Afternoons on the score. One, two, one. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? women's college basketball yeah i mean you all knew i was going to shoot a logo three for the record come on now i mean talk about cold blooded she's such a baller (laughs) that was so cold man the swag and and confidence of this this phenom it's it's unbelievable it's a phenom but she's you know, she's an upperclassman. It's she's like a, a, an arrived superstar. It's incredible. Joining us now on the Circus Sports Illinois Hotline is one of the top sports columnists in the country from USA Today, Christine Brennan, with us on the score. Christine, it's an honor. Thank you so much for the time. How are you doing today? Hey, well, Danny, Matt, great to be with you guys. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. A um, lot we want to talk about, but what do you think – the lasting impact of Caitlin Clark is going to end up being on women's college basketball. She is to uh, individual athletes. What I believe guys, the 1999 women's soccer team was to team sports for American girls. And frankly, for American boys, uh, for moms and dads, for uh, understanding that title nine, the law that was signed by Richard Nixon, as you guys know, in June of 1972, now nearly 52 years old, uh, this nation has fallen in love with what that law has created. And that little girl you see in the kitchen every morning, whether she's going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a business person, a coach, a teacher, a mom, some combination thereof of those things, she will be better at it because she played sports. And we're seeing that over and over again. And Caitlin Clark is just the latest example and one of the great examples. I mean, I think just one of, as you said, a phenom, uh, class act, role model, to see little girls in 22 jerseys, I think that doesn't surprise us. But all of the boys wearing 22, I want everyone to think about a generation ago. Would your brother or would you, if you were a man, have even considered wearing a jersey with a woman's name and number on it? And that is how far our country has come and that it is just uh, it's it's spectacular, um, and it, obviously it's only going to continue for Caitlin Clark, whether she stays for another fifth year or goes to the WNBA, uh, and of course the rest of this season. It's magical, it's beautiful, and it's exactly what we want our country to be. You know, it, it's it's amazing that when you think about college basketball. She is so far and away the most recognizable player in all of college basketball—men, women, any anything. 
Um, and, and I wonder if if college basketball for women, because of NIL and because of you know the opportunities in the WNBA not necessarily being you know at this point as financially appetizing as the NBA on some level, like you can live a really good career as a college basketball player as a young woman, make plenty of money with NIL. It's like this. This is where the action is in, in a lot of well, ways in college hoops. No, you nailed it. And in fact, uh, that's the reason she will have this dilemma of of staying for that fifth COVID year that she deserves as a class of 2020 from high school. Um, and it's also uh, a wonderful, you know, uh, reason and dilemma to have. I also think you've you've hit on a great point. The men's game, which of course for years dominated. Uh, and March Madness, in fact, women were not even allowed to use that as a marketing tool until the last couple of years. It's just been a horrendous, um, you know, down, putting women down, frankly, by the NCAA for not allowing them to have the opportunity to sell the game and, the, and their, their March Madness, their Final Four. Um, the uh, men, it's one and done. I think this year we will see the women's game and the women's tournament be more interesting than the men's. And I would have never been able to utter that sentence. I would have been laughed at even a year or two ago, right? <laughs> so the last year's TV ratings were terrific. They were only, a, um, it was like 10, 11 million watching the Iowa LSU game, only a couple million less than the men. I, I wonder, now again, it depends if Iowa makes it to the Final Four, uh, lots of questions, but with South Carolina, with so many other great teams, Ohio State in the Big Ten, Indiana in the Big Ten as well, um, I, I think we're going to see the the real uh, flipping of this, and the women's game is the more important more important this year. For example, brackets. We always usually hear people say that in singular, right? Bracket. I'm going to do my bracket. People, there's two <laughs> men and women. But seriously, how many more offices, uh, which are led by women or men, you know, whatever the boss is, certainly if the boss is a woman. How many more will be doing the women's bracket this year than ever before because of Caitlin Clark and because, to the point of your question, we know these athletes yes. because they stick around for four years. They don't do the one and done like the men. I have just as good a shot at losing the women's bracket as I do the men's bracket. May as well do both this year. Uh, do, do you have a rooting interest? Obviously, it's whatever Caitlin Clark wants to do, but do you have a rooting interest in the decision that she'll have at the end of the year? You've read my mind. I am working on a column for USA Today that will run, I think, probably next Tuesday because of the holiday on Monday. And I have been back and forth. I can only imagine with Caitlin Clark. I don't know her at all. Uh, we uh, whole family went to the Maryland game a couple of weeks ago, not with a press pass, just as fans bought tickets to go watch her play at Maryland. And I have been going back and forth in my brain, guys, so I can't even imagine what she's dealing with. And I think I'm back to stick around for the fifth year. Um, now, it's a sad commentary on the WNBA that because every other sport you would move on to the pros, uh, she'll go to the WNBA, whether it's 2024 or 2025, and, and she will have an amazing career and she'll sell out arenas there and that will lift up the WNBA. But this idea of one more magical fifth year in college, in Iowa, throughout the Big Ten, of course, as we know, new teams coming into the Big Ten, you're going to have USC. Uh, with Juju, she's going to be able to play. Uh, you know, could you see a home-and-home home with Iowa and USC uh, and so many other possible permutations for Iowa if she stays? Now, she may decide that this is just 
enough. Uh, she's loving it, but she also has, what, four or five security guards with her everywhere she goes. <laughs> right. And maybe it's time to move on. But I think she'll also have that attraction, whether she's playing for the Indiana Fever or whether she's playing a fifth year for the Iowa Hawkeyes. And um, wonderful choices for her as already a millionaire, for sure, that she can stay in college and make the NIL money. And, of course, State Farm commercial and other commercials that she will certainly have because she is a transcendent figure, not just in sports, but in our culture. So the second thing we wanted to talk to you about, uh, and we're with Christine Brennan on 670 The Score, is Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Curry um, tomorrow at the NBA's All-Star Weekend. I'm so excited for this. I think it's so cool. And it's funny because, like, people are bringing up Bobby Riggs and Billie Jean King, which that battle of the sexes, that was born of such ugly bombast from Riggs and, like, this desire to reestablish gender dominance and whatever. Like, the vibes of this thing are so different and that of course in itself is is about progress but i just i, I think it's i think it should be a wonderful event everybody's looking forward to it and i think it's going to be pretty even oh i do too and in fact i think there are folks who think that sabrina could win uh and i think steph is might be a little concerned about that too you know she's 26 he's 35 she's always looked up to him she went to his games and cheered for him in the bay area when she was growing up then steph a girl dad brought his two daughters to uh, one of her games uh, when she was playing in college. So, you know, you've got uh, this wonderful relationship that is born out of respect. And I think what your point is, is on Billie Jean and Bobby, which I remember well growing up in Toledo on my way to Northwestern. Uh, and uh, so many friends I know are always listening to you guys and are big fans of, uh, of your show, of Northwestern folks. And, you know, the bottom line, I think, is that the acceptance and the respect for women in sports is just, again, grown exponentially. We mentioned Title IX. I can't say that enough. That is a law, but it is also a mindset. And so the fact that, you know, again, X number of years ago, or maybe even now, we could go wander into a bar and find some guys, I don't think women should play sports. I think there's two of those guys left. You know, and I think if the one's in a bar in Chicago somewhere, the other's hiding under a desk in Montana, you know, come on out, guys, it's over. But I I do believe strongly that this is uh, the result of the respect. And also, of course, when you throw uh, money at something, when you have great coaching, when you have training, when you have nutrition, whether you when you have people in the stands cheering on, you now see how you could have women athletes reach their pinnacle as well. It's not just about boys becoming great athletes. It's about your daughter becoming a great athlete too. And again, all part and parcel of the same conversation. I kind of hope Sabrina beats him, but you know what? Steph Curry is such a good guy. And as I said, a girl dad, if he wins, that's okay too. I, I wonder if this competition is the most level competition between a man and a woman that we could have in professional sports right now it's not one-on-one where like differences in physiology would even be an issue it's athlete against conditions like golf but there's no concession with t length or anything she could shoot from the shorter line but she doesn't want to because she's got the range you know it, it, even mm-hmm. if she even if she's using the wnba ball that's the ball she's used forever that's what she's used to train on her whole life this feels like maybe the most level competition we could have in pro sports between a man and a woman. What do you think? You know, it's a great point. I mean, over the years, we've certainly, I've been fortunate to cover so many Olympic games. The talk has been, will we find women marathoners 
who actually can get close to beating male marathoners in the, you know, in the marathon, 26.2 miles. Um, and, you know, those numbers are getting closer, but they're not there yet. The idea of a foot race, right? Just, just run and go. And especially if it's a smaller body, which of course is conducive for great running for both men and women. So that's been a thought that maybe that would be where the, this would be. I don't know that anyone foresaw this that it would be the three-point arc. And again, to your point, you know, the NBA is at 23 feet, nine inches. The the WNBA women's game is 20 feet, six inches. So, you know, there's three inches, three, um, three feet and three inches. But when you saw what Caitlin did last night and when she was basically from the logo, you know, to break the record, she doesn't need to worry about 23 feet or 20 feet. And nor did Sabrina Ionescu. And that's uh, I think the point that you're making, and it's a really good one. This is a fair competition. Obviously, they are strong. The muscles are there, the ability, the technique, the skill, the training, the coaching, the years and years of preparation for this moment. It's going to be a lot of fun, but there's something deeper that is much more important to this. And you're right. I think you found you could have this in golf in some way, certainly from, say, 100, 150 yards. But even then, the odds are that the woman will have a different club in her hand than the male golfer would. And so here you have found, and, and maybe it's one of the very few, the, the perfect competition because it's equal in every way. And, uh, and we get to see, you know, these two. And, and also it's, it's something that is just so thrilling. And I think that's the reason everyone loves Caitlin Clark so much. It's just that singular athlete. You can see everything she does. She's not in the paint throwing elbows. She's just firing threes. It's something that is absolutely enchanting and magical. Christine Brennan, USA Today, one of the top sports columnists in the country. Uh, Selfishly, journalistically, question for you. Last thing. What do we need to do to make sure that there are more sports columnists? I miss it. You are great at it. Dan Wetzel is great at it. There are not enough sports the the sports take industrial complex is alive and well look at us gas bags look at tv everywhere what about what about the written gas bag the written opinion i i need i need i need more in print i've certainly been called a gas bag over the years and i take it as a compliment i do too Uh, yeah i know i know of course i I get what you're saying well we're producing quite a few of them up the road a ways at medill uh where i went got my undergrad and my master's and so proud of it um, there's a lot of young journalists. My great concern, as I know it is yours too, and everyone listening, is what's going on with the media business and losing uh, those reporters and columnists and editors who are um, making sure that we are all accountable, that our leaders, whether they be in sports, huge role models for kids and very important business people and entertainers, but also um, even more important, you know, the school board. And um, the utilities, the water commission, you know, and are we covering these uh, people? How can a George Santos show up all of a sudden? And, and there were stories, I guess, but no one paid attention. So those are the issues. And we need journalism in a democracy and we need a democracy in a democracy. And I certainly hope that um, that there that we continue to have and we've got to figure out a way that, that we can pay for it and pay the salaries for these people, young and old to be able to do it, but I am so honored guys to still be doing it at this stage of my career. I love it more today than the day I started. And uh, if anyone out there is listening and wants to uh, consider sports journalism and sports column writing, I might, my website is just my name and you can certainly get in touch with me. I'm always happy to talk to young people who would like to get into the business. That is incredibly generous given your credentials, Christine Brennan, USA today. Thank you so much for the time. It's been our pleasure. 
My pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks, Christine. That's Christine Brennan. Haven't been able to, uh, it's a great answer to a tough question. I haven't been able to get that out of my head. Like, is this the most level competition that we could have in pro sports? Let's throw it around. They are shooting from the same line. Uh, She was given the opportunity to shoot from the shorter WNBA line. She said no. So shooting from the same line. The ball is different, but again, that's what she's trained with her whole life. So that that to me is not, is not. Oh, and it's in theory, yeah. Proportional it, and whatever, right? Yeah, right, yeah. but it, but it's it's the same skill with the same the, 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 and the same tools, really. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's reasonable. Let's we let's throw it around and see if we can come up with something else uh, that 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 would top it. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Parkinson Spiegel show flashback. 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 What a scene it is. A wild scene almost reminiscent of college football with the celebrities present, with the big band here, with dancing cheerleaders and all of the rest. That's the way it is for the battle of the sexes, Billy Jean King against Bobby Riggs. Billy Jean King. Why? Well, first of all, I think that uh, Billie Jean King is a, an excellent player. Uh, I think that besides that, she's a, she's a beautiful lady, and I like beautiful ladies. Oh, my God. Rosie Greer. That audio just sounds old. <laughs> it really it just, does. It just, it just dates it with the tone. You see the movie Battle of the Sexes with Emma Stone and Steve Carell? You know, I actually never did. It's a fun watch. It, it really is. That's a fun movie. Daniel Norris knows. Uh, Steve Carell, that's a really loathsome Bobby Riggs, and Emma Stone is Billie Jean King. Steve Carell, really talented actor. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Skills. All right. So so what do you think, Danny? What do you got? What, what could be more even or just as even uh, in terms of a level competition between a man and a woman than this three-point shooting contest where they're going from the same line and going to see how many they can make in 60 seconds. Well, because it's weird. This is a game within a game, right? It's it's not basketball. That was Battle of Sexes is a tennis match. They're actually right. playing the same sport. Right. So this isn't – they're not playing basketball. They're doing a subset of right. basketball. So but like, but, but number that, one in men's tennis and number one in women's tennis would not be uh, an uneven matchup. No, no, I know. But what I'm saying is, is that so, – like, so with this little – moving of the goalposts a little bit a putting contest in golf because it's the same ball and it's the and the hole is the same size Love and it. and anybody can putt from any distance on on a green because you know Christine Brennan was saying you know a, a chip and putt or a pitch and putt maybe you would use different wedges probably not from 60 yards and in. How about I would say everybody's going to have a wedge in their hands, no question. This is a great idea for the sport of golf. How about a 50 yards and in short game contest? Yeah. Who's who's great at getting out of the sand? That that's that definitely is even. That that, that there's there's not a gender advantage 50 yards and in in golf. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but, so- and, and there's and there's zero advantage cuz someone would say, "Well, this guy would use a 58-degree wedge, and she might have to use a 54-degree wedge. Okay, fine. They're still both wedges. But, but putting, that, that person seems fun. But putting yeah. would, be, would be the same. Putting, putting yes. Um, several people said bowling. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Right? They use different weighted balls, but that's okay. Any ball would be heavy enough to knock yeah. down all the pins. Yeah. So, yeah, that would be fine. I don't, I don't really want to watch it, I don't no. think. Darts. Yeah, darts, archery, lots of target sports. Yeah. But the but so but but bowling, it is the game. 
You know what I mean? It, that is the sport. 10 frames, go for a 300, knock down all the pins. So there actually ought to be, um, you know, a, a men's and women's combined bowling championship, which perhaps there is, as my lack of bowling infrastructure knowledge is yeah, being exposed. Yeah, I have no idea why there is a – is there a – women? Is there a? Look that up? I don't even know. Is there a women's no. pro <laughs> bowling league? I don't. I don't even know. Uh, maybe there, but but or should women just be able to? I I would assume there should just be one pro bowling league. I don't. I don't believe that there is. You think why? That why can't the women have their own league? I mean, they, the, a league of their own, maybe. <laughs> a league of their own. This used to be my bowling alley. Who do you think you are? I am. There's no crying in bowling. <laughs> um, cornhole, obviously. Bag, yeah, sure. Bags. Sure. Ooh, billiards. How about billiards? Yeah. And pool. Yes. That's good. Absolute uh, darts, all that stuff. I mean, Black Widow is going to knock out anybody who steps up to her table. She's a badass. Absolutely. Is she still active? She's still doing the thing? Uh, I know she can still walk. I don't know how active she is, though. <laughs> That's good. Uh, curling is co-ed. That's an excellent call. Curling teams are, in fact, co-ed actively. Shout out to Russ Armstrong, yeah. the Chicago window guy. He's a big curler. Big curler. Famous curler. Loves curling. He's like, why don't you just do a curling remote? I'm like, no. But we'll do anything else you want. Uh, but, yeah. Jeanette I, Lee is still active, by the way. She's 52. Okay. There you go. Good, good for her. Dog sled racing. The Iditarod was often won by a woman for many, many years. Okay. See, that's interesting. So sailing? Like the America's Cup? That's a good question. I think that's co-ed. Right? Why, yeah, it is. Yeah, why wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sailing. There you go. I mean, NASCAR racing. Sure. Right? I, I, Danica Patrick, you've I, seen that? I, absolutely. So there's that. Yeah. So there's some. So machine sports, machine target assistance, sports. Target sports. And someone does point out that the three-point shooting contest does qualify as a target sport. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it absolutely I think does. That's, that's probably true. It absolutely does. a target with a, with, a, with a ball. I think if this goes well, we should do professional man athlete and professional woman athlete in all the other sports against each other that they don't play. Like just great, find a great female athlete and yeah. have her play other sports? Yeah, against a male athlete in a sport that he doesn't play. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Like, really level the playing field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely level. Like, they're both terrible at something. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just throw them out there. Right. Yeah. I like, yeah. I like, like I want Jason Kelsey against Misty May Trainer um, swimming. Yeah, it is fun to see pro athletes struggle at things. Yeah. But then when they Dude, don't, yeah. it's really frustrating. I'm, I, I still miss Battle of the Network Stars. Watching great actors and, a, and actresses absolutely fail at track and field sports. Tanny was just saying that to me in the, yesterday. No. Yeah. <laughs> we, we watch it when you guys go in for transition. No. He's messing with you, dude. And it worked. Jerk. Wow. Jerk. Gullible. Yeah. It's not in the dictionary. Yeah, yes, you, you are. You guys know gullible's not in the dictionary. Oh, you he's got that? a bridge. Really? <laughs> Interested? Gullible's written on the ceiling. Uh, we have a, a new report from Crane's business on what Jerry Reinsdorf is confident in. In terms of a new stadium, and I'm looking forward to a bucket list parenting event this weekend. Parkinson, speak on the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.